Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Absolute honor of introducing our speaker tonight. He is um, one of our pastors here on staff, and I have the honor and privilege of working alongside of him in our offices. And I can assure you that I have never left a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night without being thanked, encouraged, or lifted up by this man. Many of you know him as the all yeah guy. So why don't you stand to your feet, clap your hands, and give it up for Pastor John Wyatt. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Wednesday night, do I need to be the hype man in the house tonight? Is everybody fired up? God's touching your life, moving in your life through worship. You ready for the word of God? I hope you are. I hope you are. Go ahead and find your seats. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you delivering the podium to me. Hey, uh, as uh, Stephen said, thank you for that kind introduction. Man, I appreciate that. My name is John, and uh, I'm a part of Pastor Senior Team here on staff. I have the privilege at this time uh, to, um, in this season of my life to lead our foundations team. Come on, man. In our foundations team, I've realized that I'm, I'm like your concierge. Like if you go to the Ritz, you go to the five-star a hotel, you have a concierge that can help you, a concierge that can help you find anything you need in the city. Well, that's, that's what I do, and my team, that's what we do. We are concierge here at the arena to help you find your next steps in your spiritual journey, to help you grow in your relationship with God, to help you get plugged into the church. Can I hear an all? Yeah. Uh, another way I think of it is I'm, we're kind of, I'm kind of your cruise director. Come on, man, I'm kind of your cruise director. You're looking around a giant boat, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do around here. I wish there was somebody or some people who could help me figure out what the best things that I could participate in might be. That's me, right here. All right, man, your cruise director at Celebration Church. Uh, On Wednesdays, you can find us and our team up here up front. We'd love to serve you. On Sundays, we're over in the foundations room after every service. Come by and see us if you are curious on what your next steps in the church might be, especially if you're new to the church. We'd love to help you get connected, all right? So that's my, that's my pitch for foundations. We want you to come and be a, a part of that. I have the unique opportunity of preaching tonight fresh off the mission field. My goodness, I am fully caffeinated and fresh off the mission field. I noticed there was a little quiet in here tonight, Chotty. Did you notice that? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. I need people who shout down the preacher. I just came from Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe, they, they, man, they were loud. They liked me. I went through an interpreter for two of those services, preached to a man. They're like, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I got all of Zimbabwe saying, oh, yeah. All right, so I need help right here at home. Uh, I just want to, real quick, just send a greeting. They watch all of our messages over there, the pastoral staff and a lot of the people that go to the church. So could we just real quick welcome everyone from Celebration Church, Zimbabwe, who might be listening to this message right now. We love you guys. We're praying for you. We're believing God's got great things in store for you there in Zimbabwe. And uh, I wanted to share with you, as I, I, I really was praying about this message, what the Lord would have me share. I wanted to share with you about compassion. The word just kept coming up, obviously, on the mission field. Just you feel it. Like, you, you, God really does something, stirs compassion in your hearts for people when you go places outside of the country. It's funny how you, you really understand the people when you have compassion for them. And so uh, I wanted to share a little bit about that with you today. You can flip open your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. That's where I'm going to preach you up. But um, I, I wanted to take just a few minutes. Pastor always calls this our living room sometimes as a church family. Is it okay if, if I just take this opportunity? to maybe spend like eight, 10 minutes and do a little slideshow to help you understand and have compassion for and get to know your Celebration Church family in Zimbabwe a little bit. It's a unique opportunity, so I'm going to take it. Uh, Buckle up. Here we go. 
roll that beautiful bean footage. All right, so the first slide I think is just like the greetings that we had when we first got there. So the way that this trip came about was uh, last year I was on the mission field. I was in Nicaragua, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're not coming back here next year. I said, all right, Lord, you got my attention. What, what am I going to do? And he said, well, you're going to take your daughter, and you're going to go on a mission trip together, you and your daughter, and you're going to go to Africa. I said, yes, sir. I come back. I talk to her. She's like, yes, I want to go meet our sponsor children. We've been sponsoring children through One Child Matters, through our church, and and through other organizations for decades. This has been a big part of our family, is that we've sponsored kids as long as our kids can remember. We've sponsored children in Africa uh, in our Celebration Church family. And so uh, my daughter's 16. She's going into her senior year. My oldest daughter, she's going into her senior year at Fletcher High School. Way better, everybody. That's Hannah down there. Hi, Hannah. All right. You'll see her up there in the picture, the red hair. Can't miss her. But um, as soon as we, we, we started to have this stirring in, in, in our hearts, yes, we're going to go. Let's take a team, and we're going to go. Let's lead a trip, and we're going to go meet our sponsor kids. Immediately, the interest was overwhelming. We ended up with a team of 15 of us as sponsors that went there to meet our sponsor kids. Many of them are here in the room right now. To meet our sponsor kids, their families, see the impact that God's making through sponsorship in Africa, to meet the families, to, to be boots on the ground, to see how we're feeding uh, 20,000 kids a day. We wanted to see this in action for ourselves. And so we got on plane. We flew through Dubai. We went to Joburg. And then we landed in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe after 48 hours of travel. There we are. My goodness. That's why the funny faces, man. We made it to the other side of the planet. And sure enough, there's Celebration Church to say, we are so glad that you are here. Isn't that awesome? Let's roll to the next one. I love Madison in the front there, man. All right, the first one, of the first stops we had was our Shine sewing room. So many of you uh, women know that through Shine, we've sponsored uh, we, we had a fundraiser several years ago as part of the Shine Conference to buy sewing machines for some of the women in our church to start a business. It's a microeconomic investment in the community to make jobs. Jobs are the thing that are in shortest supply besides water in Zimbabwe. And so uh, here it is. We got to see it. We got to walk in there in action. It's in our Sourstown campus. And uh, the cool thing about it is they make all the stuff that we sell here at Shine, but they also make parts of all the uniforms that our kids wear in all the campuses. So it's awesome, like, the money we pour into sponsorship, instead of it just going to buy, you know, Chinese clothes made, you know, wherever, uh, it's actually made locally by our ladies who are employed by, by Celebration Church that have work to make the uniforms that our kids wear. Isn't that awesome? I just thought it was great. It's given dozens of people jobs there in the community. Let's roll to the next one. I'm going to keep these kind of brief, but hey, here's us. I mean, oh, I love it, man. So here's our sponsor kids. So uh, the, the one with the red hair is my kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's my real kid. Uh, our boy there, Tondo Wankosi in Lovu. Come on, man. We had to learn how to say his name when we got there because we've been reading it and saying it wrong for the last four years. <laughs> Finally learned how to say his name correctly when he said it to us himself. Tondo Wankosi in Lovu. And uh, you can just see her peeking over the edge there. We did indoctrinate them with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, they're like soccer fans over there. They're all into the World Cup. I'm like, American football, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is all you need to know. We give them Jags hats. It was awesome. Uh, but Simiso, uh, she's our newest member of the family. Hannah just started sponsoring her uh, just a few months ago. Uh, she's been sponsoring kids there on her own out of her, uh, her own income since uh, about a year and a half ago when she started actually having an income of her own. And, uh, and Tom and Kosi, we found out that he's one of their youth leaders in the riot. They don't call it riot there yet. It's still Fuse. Uh, but he's one of the 20 youth leaders in the riot for the youth leaders there. And they're mentoring and, direct, and uh, directly mentoring him. And uh, he's a great leader in their youth ministry. I'm so excited about that, that we're sponsoring him. And uh, we got to meet him. Let's go ahead and roll through a couple more pictures. We got to spend a little time. This is Ropa. This is the Parsons family. They were there. They got to meet their sponsor kid. And I, I believe they actually picked up a second sponsor kid, one of uh, Ropa's siblings. They decided to... Uh, 
uh, sponsor another one while they're there. So they're helping that family so much. Let's go to the next one. Some good pictures here. Uh, we got the chance to sit at tables, have some lunch with them, spend time with them, show them pictures, tell them stories, hear their stories. It was amazing, considering usually you send letters and you have several months in between. It was awesome just to breathe the same air as them, you know? And then uh, this next one I think is Wanda. So you guys remember the, the video we all cried at two years ago, Lionel? I'm making a paper airplane because I want to be a pilot one day. And sponsor, you are helping me with encouragement and prayers. And I know that one day because of you, I will be able to be a pilot and help my family and tell the world about Jesus. This is Wanda from our Julington Creek campus who's been sponsoring Lionel and writing him letters since he was six years old and first entered the program. This is her meeting him for the first time. What a powerful moment. This is her meeting in person. One Child Matters actually sent a video crew with us to travel with us and to document the whole thing. So the part two to the promotional video with Lionel is going to be him meeting his sponsor and spending time with her and what the impact is of, of sponsorship has been in his life and his family's life. And this stuff is going to go around the world to help One Child Matters. They're going to, they plan to go from, from 45,000 kids around the world to over 100,000 kids sponsored around the world. And this promotional strategy is... It's part of it, capturing the moment. Oh my goodness, it was powerful. Next, uh, a couple video or a couple slides. Well, I love Nancy. She got a shirt for her kid, Lasting. I love it, man. Up in the tree. The next one has like all of our sponsor kids. This is the actually the courtyard of our Celebration Central campus, and we played ball and had some games out there. Had a lot of fun together. Uh, go ahead to the next one. And uh, okay, Madison, dude. Madison was awesome. We had an eight-year-old on this trip. You know what I'm saying? We had, it was awesome. We had high energy the whole time. She didn't have any coffee for this. All right, so this is us visiting our, our campuses outside of the city, our rural campuses. Go ahead to the next picture. Uh, this isn't uh, them living in poverty. This is just them living. They own land. Instead of like houses like we live in, like a duplex, I don't know, man, single family home. They live in these huts with thatched roofs. It's just how they live. And um, water is pretty scarce. That's the biggest thing. And jobs. Those are the two things that they need the most. I'll go ahead to the next one. Uh, this is uh, one of our pastors from Celebration, Pastor Julian White. He's our care pastor there. The guy in the orange shirt behind him is actually the chief of the village. We had to spend time with him before he would actually let us go and visit uh, a lot of the, the ladies that were living there. Uh, their husbands are away trying to find work in other countries, uh, and he kind of oversees you know, the region with all these houses and all these families that are living there. And uh, so he walked with us. We, drove, we drew a crowd everywhere we went, a bunch of you know, Jacksonville Jaguars running around there. You know what I'm saying? They, they weren't sure what to make us. Go to the next one. Uh, and this lady right here, she came to shine. How about that? She had come to shine the week before. About 22 women from this community, they bust them to shine. It's about a 45-minute drive into the city, so they bust them to all the sessions. And, uh, man, she was jumping up and down, having so much fun. She was so blessed by shine. And, uh, man, go ahead to the next one. We had a chance to pray with her. And, uh, you know, she had some needs, some physical needs uh, that we prayed for. We Obviously, we brought gifts and some supplies to her as well and just encouragement. Go ahead to the next one. Um, man, this is Samaya. Samaya is one of our college students that's staying there for the next two months as an intern. Come on, Celebration College. Make sure you sign up, man. She's a world changer. She's been in our college for two years, making a difference here. Now she's spending two years on the mission field in our Zimbabwe location. She's going to learn all about international ministry. And, uh, man, the little chicken nuggets. We call them little chicken nuggets. The little kids, the cute little kids running around all over the place, man. All our girls were just like, oh, this is amazing. They're so cute. Uh, go ahead to the next one. Uh, this is a Rebecca with a, a chicken nugget. This is one that, this, the kids would just follow us as we're going, you know, house to house praying for people. The, the kids would come out of the houses and follow us. This girl was following us around. We started taking pictures with her. Uh, next picture here. Let's see what we got. All right, so when they, 
when you think about them cooking for all these kids, we saw at one of the campuses that we went to, uh, one of the schools that we went to, we saw how they cook. It's not like an industrial kitchen. They have giant uh, iron, cast iron kettles over like logs with like fire burning and smoldering and they're cooking for hundreds and hundreds of kids. They're making this nutritious like porridge that they feed them that's very filling. Uh, we come up, they're peeling uh, potatoes and carrots. They're making the meal for the day for all the kids that we're gonna feed. They make it by hand, these ladies. And uh, here's Lynn right here from our team. She's helping them uh, as they're getting ready. Go ahead to the next one. Uh, this, is, this is the kitchen. There's like a, it's an outdoor kitchen. You see the firewood there in the back. That's where all the, the kettles are cooking. Some of the kids from the school here getting their meal. This nutritious meal is enough that if it's the only meal they get, it has enough vitamins and minerals and everything else in it. It'll carry them through uh, all the way through the day, even if they don't get any additional food. Go ahead to the next one. And uh, here's, yeah, they like the hair, man. I'm telling you, they like that hair. Go ahead to the next one too. Uh, as I was thinking about what to share with you, it, it was, all right, so, let me take about 30 seconds. I want to share this with you without crying. All right, so Hannah's 16. When 17 years ago, when she was in her mama's belly, I was in worship at a, at a church. We're in worship. And God gave me a vision of a curly-haired girl. And immediately, it was in worship. We're standing in worship and had it flash in front of my eyes. This curly-haired girl uh, ministering. And he told me, that's your daughter, and she's in Africa, and she's ministering the love of Jesus wow. to those kids. This is when she was, my wife was pregnant with Hannah in her belly. Here's my curly-haired daughter ministering to, encouraging the, the kids. I'm telling you right now, parents, pray and get a vision for your kids' lives. Ask Jesus. He will not hold back. He will give you a vision for your kids' lives. It's something you can hold on to when times aren't, things aren't looking so good. When, when you're worried about them and you're wondering, God, how are we going to get through this? He'll give you a vision, something you can hold on to. I knew that this would come to pass one day. And there it was. There we were. The second thing I would say to you is, parents, take your kids on a mission trip with you. Sign up and go with your teenager on a mission trip. I know they can go on a riot trip. They can go with the youth leaders. I'm telling you, we made memories on this trip that we will cherish for the rest of our lives. I know God did something powerful in her life and in my life that we'll be talking about in 50 years, Lord willing. The experience that we had together as a father and a daughter on the mission field when she was just 16. This is going to shape her and mold her. And it, it, I can't even tell you what it did for our relationship. It was powerful. I, I just want to encourage you. I won't even say anymore. Take your kids on a mission trip. Go to the next one. Woo. Oh my goodness. We preached the gospel, and we preached the gospel of all, yeah, as well, everywhere we went. Man, we got the kids going. We got them fired up. Go ahead to the next one. I think it's, uh, yeah, we, uh, we shared at some youth outreaches. This is the girls. There's like 200 kids in this room at our Haman campus. Go ahead to the next one. Um, I think it's a riot night. This is their riot night. They bust in all their kids from all the campuses to one, central, one of their campuses. And this is riot night, and it's on the edge of, it feels like you're on the edge, of, like you're on the moon. There's like the high-density housing right there to the right, and then there's nothing all the way to the horizon, like scrub and mountains. And there we are. We have a celebration church right there. This is our, our Cowdery Park campus. And uh, behind us is like some facilities and things like that. But um, this is right now. They're getting ready to break into their crews, just like they do here. And, uh, and they had like some games and stuff. And then they went into the sanctuary there, you see, for worship. And, it's good. and I had a little video of it. They're doing like the jacket dance in this video. Let's see if we can play that video next. This is riot night in Zimbabwe. How about that, man? <laughs> Celebration church, man. 
Well, it doesn't look that different from here, does it? This is riot night, man. They're having fun. There's the redhead. Oh, yeah, there's a lie now. See him with the sunglasses? The min He's the ambassador of Aw oh, Yeah now in, in Celebration Church. They're having so much fun, man. The worship was awesome. The ministry was awesome. Go ahead to the next one. Come on, Gracie Phelps, I think, is this next picture. I think it's her. Oh, wait. How did the... Oh, here's Gracie, here's Gracie, here's Gracie, man. Come on, our youth leaders preaching in Zimbabwe. That next video, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, we saw some lines. <laughs> that was not at our campus. I've seen a lot of, just to quote like the thespian Chris Farley, I've seen a lot of cool stuff in my days, but that was awesome. And it's a great segue into my message. Be the predator, not the prey. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's uh, how about uh, dinner in the hands of an angry mob? Name, no, name of my message. I'm gonna preach to you tonight about compassion. Compassion, compassion. Uh, we got a chance to go see the lines. It was, it was just amazing, start to finish. And I can't say enough. Uh, I can't encourage you enough to get on the mission field. And that's what I want to share with you tonight, uh, how easy we're going to make it for you, that there's a call of God on our church. We have a global mandate on our church. You're in a special place at Celebration Church. Not every church is able to have a global impact ministry. We're called to it. We're designed uniquely by God to it. Our senior pastor is wired for it. That's why he's in Paris right now. That's why we have 18 campuses in Zimbabwe, and we can make such a difference there. It's why we're going to continue to grow and to go. It's, it's why Pastor Stovall wants to see us in double-digit teams this year going to Zimbabwe over this next year. And, and to do that, uh, it's not just a matter of just signing up. You need to really be stirred by compassion to be able to do that. You have to sense the call of God on your life if you're gonna to go to the mission field. It's not a vacation. It's hard to get there. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to raise the money, to prepare, to sacrifice the time, to be away from your home, your family, the things that are comfortable. And I'm telling you right now, if, if we as a, a church will have a heart of compassion rise up inside of us, that's what I'll preach to you tonight. Come on, if we'll have a heart of compassion for the kids that need food, if we'll have a heart of compassion for those who are lost and have not yet heard the gospel, the gospel is so easily preached there, and it's so well received. We just need people to do it. The church is there to receive them, to disciple them, to care for them. But uh, the teams from Celebration Church in Jacksonville are, are part of the success there. I used to think, why do our teams need to go there? Can't they do it themselves? Man, there is something about breathing the same air with them. There's something about hearing their voices. There's something about looking them in the eyes and the relationships that are formed. What I realized, I had to raise $4,000 for myself and $4,000 for Hannah. God did it like that. It was amazing. I know that's ridiculous. Like, wow, $8,000. God did it just like that. And I had a revelation while I was there. He didn't do it so I could see the lions. He didn't, he didn't do it so, just so I could see the feeding centers, and, and he didn't do it just so I could meet Pastor Albert and Pastor Willie and some of those guys face-to-face. -face. He did it because of the relationships. He did it so that I could, I could look them in the eyes and I could, I, could, I could see their hearts so that he could, God could somehow knit our hearts together. I've emailed them. I've Facebooked them. I've been in touch with them. But when you go there and you set foot on the soil, that God's given us in Zimbabwe. And you have a chance to minister the love of Jesus in such a special way. It will change your life forever. 
And I've come back changed, and I want to share that change with you today. Is that all right with you? Come on, man. We're going to go to that Mark chapter 8 verse. Mark chapter 8. Let me read it to you. I think it's going to be up on the screen. Verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to unpack it real quick, and then we're going to, man, we're going to have us an altar call. We're going to have some fun tonight. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. Jesus feeds the 4,000. Famous story. I'm just going to read it, and then we'll unpack it. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Say compassion. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have, had, have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. They did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them and and also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied, and afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present, similar to the feeding of the 5,000. We think it says households, 4,000 households uh, were present. I'm talking tens of thousands of people were just fed through this miracle. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went on with his ministry to the region of Dalmanoth. I want to share with you just for a few minutes here around compassion and action. I've titled this message, Keep the Change. Keep the change. Write that down. Father, we love you. Thank you so much, God. We love you, God. And we thank you that you knit our hearts together with believers around the planet. We're a church family that's around the planet, God. And I just pray right now that you'd speak to our hearts in a powerful way. Reveal calls to ministry. Reveal a, a hunger for the nations to all of us in the room. Stir up our hearts with compassion to serve your people, both here in Jacksonville and around the world. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, let me tell you a quick story about uh, when my kids were young. Uh, like every good Christian parent, uh, we had to teach our kids how to steward their money God's way, right? You teach your kids how to tithe. Any parents, you ever teach your kids how to manage their money God's way? If not, I'm going to tell you the trick. We had three jars, and uh, the first jar is for the tithe, second jar is for saving, third jars for spending. So whenever they'd get like some money, they would put the first 10% like in the tithe jar and then they'd split the rest, the, whatever was left over, they'd split it between the save and the spend. So they wouldn't spend the money they're saving for a bigger purchase and they could go buy, you know, food or snacks or, or, or treats, whatever they wanted to buy with the spend money. All right, so we're teaching our kids uh, that method, that pattern. We all kind of still follow it today, even though now they use Venmo and other electronic apps. So anyway, uh, Raina one time, She's here with me as well, my younger daughter. Oh, yeah. What's up, Raina? So Raina one time, she's, she's awesome. We thought about getting her a Twitter as soon as she started learning to talk because she would say the most ridiculous things. We'd be like, that is hilarious. My goodness. She'd always have these witty, funny things that she would say. So um, she had like $5 that she got from grandma as a gift. And so um, she goes to, you know, divide it up into the jars, and she, uh, she puts $2 into the Todd jar. And being a good, you know, religious parent, I say, no, baby, that's, that's too much. You know, um, the tithe is the 10%. I know you can't understand 10% quite yet, you know, so that's 50 cents on the $5. So 50 cents is what you should put into the jar. Don't you love it when you're like, you, you think you're smart, you think you know it all, and you get all religious, and you try to talk your kids out of doing the right thing and listening to the voice of God? There was one of those fails. There's one of those moments. And I learned very well because she turned and she looked at me. She goes, I'm going to bring that camera in close on me, Stephen. Bring that camera in close. She says... Keep the change, Jesus. 
the change, Jesus. I'll never forget it. Because then, like, for the last 10 years, me and my wife are just like, whenever, like, God challenged us about generosity, and we're like, oh, we already gave our 10%, or, you know, we already gave our heart for the health offering, or whatever, we always round up. Because we always think about our daughter telling us, keep the change, Jesus. Whenever we round, round up in our giving, we're like, keep the change, Jesus. We keep it coming. And there's, uh, it's amazing, too. Whenever, like, we play Monopoly, she always ends up winning. But she's always giving away her money. Oh my goodness, you give away her money? But she always ends up with the most money at the end. There is a biblical principle in that, is there not? Come on, put it on the screen. Put it on the screen from Proverbs chapter 10. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Come on, that's Old Testament Bible right there. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Oh, but Pastor John, that's Old Testament. That's passed away on this side of the cross. Well, let me take it to the New Testament to Hebrews chapter 6. Let's see what that one says. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. I sense a principle when you can find it Old Testament, New Testament, and in the Gospels when Jesus says it himself, oh, you've come across a principle. This generosity thing, this this thing where we don't think about the minimum we can do or the minimum we can give or the minimum we can sacrifice, but we look at God every time he challenges us and we say, keep the change, Jesus. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. And he always blesses us back with more. Let's look at it in our story tonight. Let's look at it in our story tonight. Now, Jesus, let me ch- just frame this up for you real quick. Context is everything, right? So Jesus, he's come from a, a couple chapters earlier. In Mark chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000. Wave at me if you recall the feeding of the 5,000. It's famous. Five fish, two, or five loaves, two fish, right? It's, it's real famous. All right, so he, he's done that, but he did that kind of in, in Jewish territory. That, that crowd there, most theologians believe, was, was predominantly Jewish. But now he started to venture out into Gentile territory. He started to venture out. He went to, to a city called Tyre, all right? Tyre is actually in the book of Revelations, like Jesus condemns it. He went to Tyre, and he preaches the gospel to the Jews there, but he actually heals the daughter of a, a, a Gentile woman while he's there. It's one of the first things he does where he starts to minister to the Gentiles. He heals a man who's uh, deaf and mute. And then we come to this miracle, the feeding of the 4,000. He does this uh, east of the Jordan River, out in the desert. He does this in, it's called the Decapolis in the scriptures. It's, um, it's out on the border. It's the eastern towns. It's dry. It's hot. Looks a lot like maybe Zimbabwe. It's dry. It's hot. There's not much water. It's kind of a desolate place, but it's predominantly Gentile. And that's important to know because Jesus is teaching us something through his actions here. Let's read about it. It says in verse two, I have compassion for these people. Think about his audience. I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they'll collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. Jesus is meeting their spiritual needs by preaching the word to them, telling them about the kingdom. He's meeting their their spiritual needs. So much so, their needs are being met in a powerful and awesome way. So much so, they don't even care about food. Come on, man. I know some of you had dinner tonight, man. You're ready to get out of here. Come on, on Sunday afternoon, you know what I'm saying? You're like, get me to the door. I don't need the altar call. I need bonos. You're like ready to go. You're like, you know, petitioning Chick-fil-A to open on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, somebody start that petition tonight. I just feel it. But, but Jesus is meeting their spiritual needs so much. These people are being so touched that they're, they're not even, they don't even care about food. God is touching their hearts in a powerful, awesome way. Not, these aren't 
The Jewish people, these are Gentiles. These are people that have normally been excluded from the things of God. Jesus is there. His power and his presence is there. He didn't send a letter to them as Gentiles and say, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and receive the kingdom of God. He didn't send a letter. He thought it important enough to go there personally. Huh? To go there personally. If you want to find a good reason to get on a plane and go through Dubai to Joburg and all the way to Bulawayo, to go there personally, look no further than the example that Jesus gives us. He doesn't just send letters around the world, even though he could have. He could have sent letters. Paul did so within the century. He's sending letters around the known world. Jesus lived in a time when there were roads and there was mail. He could have sent letters around the world. He went personally to the lost. He went personally to the disenfranchised. He went personally to the broken, and they ate it up. Three days, there they are. They're getting their spiritual needs met. What is Jesus concerned about? He's concerned about their physical needs as well. He wants to meet their physical needs as well. The disciples, they answer him, though. I love the disciples, man. They're always in learning mode. (laughs) The disciples answer, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed all these people? Two chapters earlier, they just saw Jesus feed 5,000 households, maybe 20,000 people if you count women and children, families. They just saw him do a miracle. Remember, they're thinking that God is coming for God's people. The church folk, Israel, the people who are saved, the people who are righteous, the people who are blessed. Messiah is going to come and he's coming for us, but those other people, not so much. Jesus has taken them out of their comfort zone, away from familiar settings to show them that he is not only here to save the Jewish people, he's here to save the whole world. Do you see it? It's, a, it's called a sermon in action. He could have spoken it or taught it in a, in a lecture from a synagogue back home. He showed them what compassion looks like by taking them out into the mission field so they could smell it, so they could look in the eyes of the people who are getting saved, so they could see the move of God themselves. He thought it important enough to take his team out into the field to see the change themselves. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Oh, I'm feeling a mission trip in your future. Oh, get ready. Somebody's in here, they're like, I hate mission trips. By the end of the night, God's going to have you roped into it, man. You're going to be signing up. You're going to be on your way to, oh, yeah, the missions people are pretty excited. (laughs) I'm telling you. All right, so verse 5, Jesus, he he looks right past the disbelief of, of the disciples. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord for his grace. He says, how many loaves do you have? He doesn't condemn them. Don't you remember when I fed those 5,000 people? Oh, what are you going to learn? I love how he has compassion on us. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. I love how the disciples, they give everything they have to Jesus. They trust everything into his hands. He blesses it, breaks it, gives it back to them, and they end up with more than they started with. Do you see it? When they trusted him with everything, they trusted into the master's hands, he blesses it, breaks it, gives it back to them. Not only do they have enough to do all the ministry work for all the people that are there, the 4,000 families, but they also have enough for themselves. Do you see it? Do you see how God moves? He moves in supernatural ways. It's where trusting God comes in. In verse 7, he says they also had a few small fish. I wonder about this. Jesus asked for the loaves, and they gave him the bread. But somebody had to be like, you know, give him the bread. 
I got a couple of fish over here though, just in case it doesn't work out. Don't worry, I got some food, I'm gonna keep it back. They see the multiplication of the loaves. Now they come forward, hey, look what I found, a couple of fish. Hey, Jesus, will you bless these? Bless these two. I wonder how that went, man. I wonder if they felt the conviction of God on them. Uh, <laughs> but sure enough, they trusted into his hands. He multiplies that too. He treats them with such love and grace. I'm so glad. He thanks them uh, for the fish. He gives those back to them. They distribute those as well. Verse eight, the people eat. They're satisfied. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This number's important. The number seven is very important in numerology and biblical numerology, but in this particular application, it's very important. Remember with the feeding of the 5,000? How many were there? There were five loaves, two fishes, right? And at the end, they collected 12 basketfuls of bread that were left over. Do you remember this? Some of you wave at me if you remember this from Sunday school. Where are my celebration kids at? I taught you this back in the day. Uh, So there were 12 basketfuls left over. Remember, he was ministering to the Jewish people, the number 12, the 12 tribes of Israel. That numerology is important there. He's ministering to the Gentiles now here. Seven baskets of bread that were left over. Guess how many Gentile nations there were in the promised land in the time of Moses? Yeah, there were seven. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse one, you'll see. There were seven nations. And what Jesus is saying with this sermon in action right here is that I've not just come for the saved. I've come for the lost. Not just come for the Jew, I've come for the Gentile. I've not just come for the church folk, I've come for the the folk that are pre-Christians. I don't call anybody lost anymore. Did you notice that? I call them pre-Christians. You know why? Because I'm going to pray for you. If I meet you, I'm going to call down heaven on you, man, and you're going to get saved. I'm going to paint a bullseye for God on your back. I'm just going to say, Jesus, that guy needs to get saved. I don't know him. Jesus, save him. And I'm going to walk away from that knowing that God's going to move in his perfect time. He's going to come get you. I love it. I just like, oh, man, God's going to get you. Woo! Oh, man, um, the parents might come by and say, oh, my goodness, my kid, he's so crazy. Don't worry. He can't outrun my prayers. Can I just encourage you, man? Like, when we minister, we minister the authority of Jesus. The things we pray for are answered immediately in the heavenly realms, right? We might not line up in the physical realms for a while in God's timing, but in the spiritual realms, when we pray immediately, God goes to work. He sends angels uh, to do the bidding and do the work that needs to get done. He starts to speak to hearts immediately the moment that we pray. I love you. See that in Daniel where he prayed 21 days later, the angel appears, man, I was doing battle on your behalf from the moment that you said that first prayer. I'm telling you right now, your prayers are powerful and effective. Oh, man, come on, dude. I just want a little tangent right there. Woo, son. Here's three things that I pull from this that I think we can learn. First, where we see obstacles, Jesus sees opportunity. Come on, where we see obstacles, Jesus sees opportunity. The disciples, in both of the feedings, five and the 4,000, in this case, man, they, they, they think, Jesus, we can't do that. Their immediate response is doubt. Their immediate response is, that's not possible. We can't do that because they're looking at their natural resources that are available to them. Let me tell you this. God, what God wants, God gets. Jesus says, I have compassion on these people. I'm going to feed them. You don't have to doubt whether he's going to feed them or not. He's going to do it. What Jesus wants, Jesus gets. And when we, uh, when we have doubt, it's okay. But wouldn't it have been better if the disciples were like, oh, Jesus, we've seen you do it before. We'll see you do it again, just like we sang in church. We'll see you do it again. Come on, what if the disciples had that attitude? Well, Jesus, you've been doing miracles all day. You've been healing people. You've been you know, casting out demons. Why shouldn't you? They don't have it quite yet. They don't have it quite yet. 
but I'll tell you this. What we see as obstacles, Jesus sees as opportunity. And I want to take it just as a, a pastor, as one of your beloved pastors. Can I just have a pastoral moment with you? Just a second, please. Can I get an all yeah? Don't clap, because I'm coming after you next. Pastoral moment. What is the obstacle that is keeping you from signing your kids up for riot camp? There's something, there's something that's keeping you signing your kids from, for riot camp. There's some doubt. There's some obstacle. Because Pastor Stovall stood on this stage and he said, send me your kids. Send them away with me for two days. I'm going to pour everything that I've learned and everything that I've got and everything God's given me, I'm going to pour it into your teenagers so that they're going to be set up for life and godliness through middle school, through high school, and into their adulthood. I'm going to do everything I can to mentor them personally with me and our entire team. We've tried to reduce the cost as much as we can. We're believing God for the cost. We don't have enough money to pay for it. We're just believing God's going to show up. He's going to help us give you a, a discount, Right? What is, what is the obstacle that's keeping you from? What's the obstacle that's, and come on, man, I'm pastoral. I love you. I'm all yanny into this. I love you, man. If you've got an obstacle, see it as an opportunity. This might be the only opportunity you get to send your teenager away with Pastor Stovall for two days to be mentored and discipled personally by him. It could change their lives forever. It could open up their lives to a call of God on their life that they've never experienced yet. They come home from that thing. They're not on drugs anymore. They come home from riot camp. They're not interested in the things of the world anymore. They have a fresh passion for God and a call of God on their lives that starts to drive them towards the things of God. Imagine the opportunity that's available to you there. Man, sign your kids up. Sign your kids up. Whatever the obstacle is, set it aside and embrace the opportunity. It's going to take sacrifice. Same thing with serving on serve day. Same thing with going on a mission trip. All of it takes sacrifice. It all takes hard work. But I am here to tell you, the hard work is worth it. Can I get a shout down from this Wednesday night crowd, please? Oh, I'm telling you, man. And I understand, not everybody can, can get their kids there. There's other things going on, man. But man, my goodness. Woo, if you can get your kids there, it's going to be awesome. Second thing I notice here. Thank you for letting me be pastoral with you just for a minute. Is that Jesus serves people through people. Did you notice that? Jesus serves people through people. He could have distributed the bread himself. But instead, he gives it back to the disciples and allows them to be a part of the process of the miracle in serving all the people. Jesus serves people through people. Unless you go and serve at the Dream Center, Jesus don't have nobody to work through. Yeah, he's seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father in heaven. He could click his fingers and immediately provide bread and loaves in all the cabinets in all the world. He could do that. You know what? He's chosen to include you in the process and me in the process. He's chosen all the resources of heaven and earth are right here. All the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the earth and all who live in it. Everything was made by Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus, for his glory, right? You with me? And over here is all the needs of the world, all the needs of the world. The way that God has chosen to get the resource into the hands of the people with the need is through us. He meets people's needs through people. Be that vessel. Be that one that, that takes the resources he's trusted into your hands and hand it off to someone. Be compassionate with them. Show the love of God to them. Who knows what God will bless back to you? Keep the change, Jesus. <laughs> Who knows how God will bless you in return? But he will, because that's what the Bible says. He'll measure it back to you, pressed down, shaken up, running over into your lap. Well done, good and faithful service. Servant, you with me? 
He will do it for you if you'll see it that way. I'm a steward, and I'm going to take the resources of God, and I'm going to distribute them with an open hand. I'm just going to keep like a flowing river, reaching into the supernatural realms and handing off everything that God gives me, my time. I'm going to give it away. My, my energy, I'm going to give it away. My gifts, I'm going to give them away. My resources, I'm going to give them away. God's going to keep providing you with more. I promise. It is a, a strange way of living to the world, but we've been called to be in the world, but not of it. Are you with me? We're peculiar people to the world because we live this way. We don't hoard resources to ourselves. We take them and we give them away as fast as we can, knowing that the supernatural God of the universe is going to keep supplying our need. He's going to keep providing seed for the sower and bread for food until Jesus comes back or we go home to be with him. Somebody shout me down. Jesus provides... He serves people through people, everything. I wrote this down real quick, man, just to, I don't know, it's something that you can maybe put in your pocket. Uh, Serving people uh, is how the love of God is transferred from heaven to human. You hear that? Serving, by, by serving, by offering yourself as a living sacrifice, by being compassionate and thinking outside of yourself and taking what God gives you and and giving it away. There's something powerful that's released. It's how God gets the resources from heaven and into human. Last couple thoughts here. Uh, When Jesus was establishing this pattern for us, uh, he was establishing a pattern that he would then go on to teach his disciples after the crucifixion and after the resurrection. Right before he's taken up into heaven, he talks about something that summarizes this whole feeding of the 4,000 and how he was taking the gospel from just being the church folk and into the lost. He says it in Acts 1.8. It's a famous verse as well. Let's look at it together. God is, or Acts 1.8. That's not Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. Yeah, man. Come on. Acts 1-8 is you will receive power. There it is. It's on this screen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. You see that pattern? God is going to use you. Yes, he's going to minister to you in Jerusalem, the people you like, the people sitting next to you, to your left and your right, that you sit next to at church. He's going to build compassion in our hearts. We're going to walk through good times together. We're going to walk through bad times together. We're going to do life together. We're a church family right here in this room at all of our locations. We're a church family, and we're going to have compassion for each other, serve each other, pick each other up when we fall. We're going to celebrate together when somebody has a victory, and we're going to cry together when somebody's at a loss. We're going to, we're going to encourage each other locally. Think about that, Jerusalem, but then Judea, the people around the region. God, there's, do you realize that there's 800,000 people in Jacksonville alone that don't go to church? Did you realize that? If the statistics are, are, are somewhat accurate about Jacksonville, it would be about, in a city of 1.5 million, about 800,000 people don't go to church at all in the city of Jacksonville. They don't have a church family. If they don't go to church, I can tell you this, I promise you this, they don't know Jesus like I know Jesus. I go to church because Jesus has transformed my life radically from the inside out. The least I can do is go and study the word and worship the Lord and have fun in his house and love on people and serve him and serve others. My goodness, I can't wait for church. I like going to church twice a week. Who doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't imagine not going to church twice a week. I'm so excited that we get to come to Wednesdays and Sundays. And you don't have to make me. I can't wait for it. Right, because Jesus has changed my heart, man. There's 800,000 people just in our region that don't go to church. They don't know Jesus like we do. Jesus commissions us right here. When you receive power, don't forget about them. Don't forget about the lost. Don't just get us four and no more. Hey, at least we got, man, we're a big church. We got lots of people here. Man, there's a lot more out there that need to be here. Amen? 
Amen. We're going to reach them. That's what Jesus commands us to do. It says to Samaria, the people you don't like so much. These are the people you don't like so much, Samaria. Remember the Jews and the Samaritans were at odds. They were political. They were at odds. Uh, in terms of race, they were at odds. They hated each other. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Guess who Jesus says, hey, I'm sending you on a mission trip. Guess who Jesus says, hey, I'm going into heaven. All power and all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go minister to the people that you don't like. Isn't that amazing? You don't, don't, don't go on to the ends of the earth yet. You haven't reached the people that have hurt you. Don't, don't worry. We'll get to the ends of the earth as well. Don't forget about the people that don't look like you. They don't talk like you. They don't live in your neighborhood. Come on, man. They're in a, a different place in life than you. Don't forget about those people. How about Jesus commissions us? Our circle, but then that bigger circle, even the people we don't like so much, and then we're going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation will confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God because Jesus is serving people through people, through you and through me. Amen? Compassion is rising up in our hearts, and we're turning obstacles into opportunities because that's what Jesus did. He saw things not through a critical lens that, that made things look like an obstacle, but through a compassionate lens that turned them into opportunities. We do that because we're God's people, because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and active inside of us. The same spirit that was in Jesus is alive and active inside of us. So when we looked, learned to see things the same way he did, the same results start to happen. People from around the world start getting saved. Amen? Come on. I just want to share this one kind of summary thought. Here we go. Are you with me on this? Is this helping anybody in here? I've had some pastoral moments. I'm preaching about people you've never met before. I hope this is helping you maybe broaden uh, the, the vision that God has for your life. Maybe beyond where you are in your life. Maybe beyond what you've experienced in your life. There's nothing like a mission trip to do that. Let me share this with you. When Jesus wants to serve people, he also selects people. When he wants to serve people, he also selects people. And you have been selected. You have been selected. Come on, man, you heard me right there. You have been chosen for the task. How do I know that? Because you're here. Because you're here. You could be going to a, a, a church with a different assignment. Uh, other churches, great churches, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching churches have an assignment for their community. They're smaller. They have a, a very specific uh, assignment in a specific niche, and that's who they're there to serve. They do a great job at it. You have been called to Celebration Church. You have been called to a, a church with a senior pastor who has a global mandate on his life to preach the gospel to every nation. And that's why celebration looks the way it does. It's why it's so important for us to take the gospel to the lost of our city and take the gospel to the lost of our other cities in our region, the, the lost to the nations. It's why it's so important. It's because it's the call of God and the, the burden of God on Pastor Stovall's heart is to build a, a great local church that is not just in one location, but in multiple locations, not even just around the city or the region, but around the world. You are a part of this church, and God has called you to this church. You wouldn't be here if he hadn't. You might be visiting from another church, but if, you, if this is your home church, God has called you to plant your and your, you and your family here at Celebration. You have a global call and a global mandate on your life. God is going to put a nation on your heart that you can't even sleep at night until everybody in that nation is saved. He's going to do that in you. He's going to maybe put an area of town, a part of our city or another city in our region. He's going to put that on your heart with a burden so heavy you, you won't be able to eat. You'll be like the three days in the desert. There were three days in the desert 
and they didn't care about food because they were with Jesus. You're gonna feel that way about a certain people group. You're gonna start to feel that because you're called here to Celebration Church. Just by proximity, the excitement is gonna jump off of you. The same excitement that's on me and our team from coming back from Zimbabwe is gonna jump off on you. Might not right now, but it will. You're gonna wake up in the middle of the night with a vision from God. I don't know if it might happen during a worship song. It might happen while you're at the gym. It may even happen while you're surfing, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but God's going to speak to you in a powerful way, and you won't be able to rest till all those people have heard the gospel. I believe that about everyone in here, and that's how Pastor Stovall, uh, he knows that we're going to grow, and we're going to send more teams, because you're going to have compassion in your hearts for those people. He won't be able to keep you away from them. I watched the girls on our team, man. They love those kids so much. I've never seen anything like it. They're like, there was a, a, a bond with those kids like they'd known them all their lives. Just amazing. I saw it with my own eyes. It's true. God's going to do that with you. I believe it. I believe it. We all have struggles. We all have challenges. We all have trials. We all came in here, and I know, I know a lot of y'all, man. We've, we've prayed together through some stuff. Some of you in here fighting diseases. Some of you in here, man, I was praying, I was praying right here uh, with Miss Linda. I was praying with her earlier today, man, about her son. Hope you don't mind sharing that, man. We've been praying for years for our son to get saved. He's totally getting saved. He's got bulls on his back. Come on, man. We put it there today again. Come on, I'm telling you. I know. I know we all got problems. We go through good times and bad times. But here's what I know. If we'll take our eyes, what if, what if we took our eyes off of our circumstance and we fixed our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, of our faith, if we let compassion like rise up in our hearts in a powerful way, so much so that we begin to see the obstacles as opportunities. You know, what if, what if we gave all we had into the hands of the master? What if we trusted everything, all of our resources, time and energy in the hands of Jesus, trusting he's going to give it back to us, shaken up, pressed down, running over into our laps, keep the change, Jesus? What if we trusted God that way? What would our missions look like? What would our outreach look like? How many lost people would come and get saved at Celebration Church if that's how we lived? It starts with a heart of compassion. I believe this. God can change the culture of a city. He can change the culture of a neighborhood. He can change the culture of a school. He can change the culture of a region. He can change the culture of a nation if there's people that have compassion for the the lost and the hurting and the disenfranchised and the broken there. So Celebration Church, I challenge you tonight, be those people. Be a, be a man or woman of compassion. You're a son or a daughter of God. I know that. I've seen your walk. You love Jesus. I've seen your worship. I trust that, that your relationship with God is growing in good times and in bad. But I would challenge you tonight. Seek God for a heart of compassion. Compassion for the lost and the broken. Lift your eyes from your circumstance and just Give it a shot. Care for somebody else who's in need and see if God doesn't meet your own. Supernaturally, we see it in the Bible and over and over again. It just might happen to you. Amen? Amen? Let's pray and ask God for a burden for the lost. Let's pray and ask God for a burden for the nation. I believe we'll see lives changed. I believe we'll see cultures changed, cities changed. I believe we'll see our own lives changed, our families changed, schools changed. All that change will happen when compassion rises up in our hearts. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much, God. Stir up our hearts for you tonight. Love you, Lord. You love us. 
We love because you first loved us, God. We didn't even know what love was till we met you. So God, we surrender our lives fresh and new to you. We trust you, God. We're saying right now we trust you with everything we have into the hands of the master. God, we want to see you uh, move what's in heaven into the hands of humans, God. Move resource through us, God, and into the hands of those who are in need. Help us to serve and to love and not just to do it out of duty or obligation, but because we're driven by hearts filled with compassion for those who are hurt. Those who are far from you, God. Those who don't yet know you, God. Let us have that same heart inside of us that was inside of you in this account that we just read. We love you, God. Move in our hearts in a powerful and awesome way. In Jesus' name. Church, I just want to pray for us real quick one more time. Keep your heads bowed. Some of you in here, man, you're wanting to hear from God, but you can't. You know that you'd You're not quite right with God. There's distance between you and him. You've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus as your savior. You've never asked him to be your Lord. You never offered your life. You never surrendered to him. But you know somehow in your heart today, this time, this opportunity is for you. If that's you today, I'm going to give you the the chance to do that, to respond to the prompting of God in your heart. You're in a safe place to do that. But right now, decide it in your heart. I'm going to receive Jesus as my Savior. I'm going to make Jesus my Lord. I'm going to live for him all the days of my life. I'm going to live an open-handed life where I I receive from him and I give it away freely. I'm going to live a life where I honor God with everything that I've got, a life where I listen to the voice of the Word and the Spirit working inside of me. Decide that in your heart right now. And then as we pray this prayer, as as you receive Jesus, man, God's going to move in power. Do you believe that today, church? I do, man. Let's pray and help them along. Anybody that's praying this for the first time, I want to know who I'm praying for. Would you just raise your hand real quick if that's you? You need a fresh start with God. You're away from God, and today's your day to come. Yes, yes, I see you. Hands up. Amen. All around the room. Amen. We're so excited for you. Praise the Lord. This is the best decision of your life, and this is the best moment of this day as you're receiving Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Your life is never going to be the same. I promise you. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I've run from you in the past, and I'm sorry. Today, I make you my Lord. I receive salvation, fresh and new. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit so I can live for you with everything I've got for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And why don't we all rise to our feet? I want to pray for you to have a hunger for the nations, a call of God for the nations. Wave at me right now. If you have a nation on your heart, you have a country on your heart, yes, amen. Come on, there's a country God's been speaking to you about. There's a nation out there with your name on it. God says, ask and I will give the nations to you as your inheritance. He says that to you today. That nation's on your heart for a reason. Right now, let's start to pray and start to cry out to God on behalf of that nation. Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you so much, God, that you don't just limit our ministry to just a handful of people, but God, you expand our ministry to the ends of the earth, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we receive you as Savior, God. It's for a purpose, God, to share the lost, to share with the lost the love of God and the gospel of hope. So God, as we lift up these nations, go ahead, speak out that nation. Start to pray for that nation right now. God, we lift up Zimbabwe to you, Lord. 
We're so grateful for knitting our hearts together with our family there. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, I thank you that we're on mission together, God. We are reaching souls. We're leading people to experience a God-first life around the planet, including Zimbabwe. We lift up each of the campuses, everyone that attends each of the locations, all the kids that attend all the schools and the feeding centers, all those who minister in the name of Jesus in all the schools and at the youth outreaches, God. Move in power in the pastor's hearts and in Pastor Dixon and Chippo's lives, God, to give them fresh vision to reach the nations, to expand to new countries, new cities, new campuses, new locations to reach them with the lost. God, we lift up Paris to you, God. We, say, we just say right now, favor upon Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry as they reach out to the city leaders, God, as they go in the name of Jesus into that city on the call of God and on the word of God. We know that you're making a way before for them. You're going before them and you've got their backs, God. I thank you that you give them favor in the city to be able to usher revival into that city that you love so much, to reach the lost in that city, God. Move in power throughout the country of France. Move in power in other cities around Paris and even in the south of France, on the coastlines, God. Move in power in those places. And God, we lift up the Philippines to you, God. We lift up China and Asia to you. We lift up Southeast Asia, Thailand, Cambodia. We lift up Australia to you, Lord. God, we lift up India to you, Lord. We lift up Dubai and the UAE, God. We lift up Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, God. We lift up all of Europe to you, God. Russia. We lift up Asia. God, we, we thank you for the Eastern European countries, God. We thank you for Africa. God, we thank you for South Africa. We thank you for uh, the Horn. God, we thank you for uh, we thank you for Western Africa, God. We thank you for all the countries that have been ravaged by dictators in the continent of Africa. It's been brutal there. So many have died through genocide there, God. Lift up a new wave of believers as you move through the power of your Holy Spirit through your people to reach that entire continent, God. Move through your local church. Give them places to be discipled and fed the word of God. To fall in love with you, God. We're believing for you to do all these things. We lift up Brazil to you, God. Central America. God. We lift up Colombia to you, God. We lift up Nicaragua to you, God. Mexico, Canada, God. And we lift up the United States to you, God. We lift up our president to you, God. All the authorities and powers, God. We, we pray right now that you'd move in the hearts of our leaders, God, to be able to usher in the gospel everywhere we go, to make this a place where Jesus is lifted up, God. We want to win souls in every city you call us to. Move in power, God. We cry out for the nations tonight, God, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, lift up a shout of praise to God. Celebration, church. He's moving in the nations, even as you pray for them. Do you believe that tonight? Come on, let's go back in. Let's worship God. Begin to worship Him for that nation. Come on, let's go. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org. 